welcome to the Through the Lens of the EMS Wizard podcast. My name is Mark. Yeah, yeah that's John good, Mark. Listen, Terry man. On with Terry, me what, before you get started, what? Mark, let's just get this straight real quick. Terry, okay. I hope you understand there's no trains or anything in a podcast. I hope that don't deter you in any way because I know we're trying to do this podcast thing together. But so I'm, the, I, I'm out. I just, I, but, but you can listen to this podcast on a train. Oh, and, now and the, all I'm going to ask for is all those snazzy little selfies that you give to yourself now that you do it with headphones on so that you're current and you're relevant. I'm sorry about that, gentlemen. Do I, do, do I actually get to be here this time and not have my <laughs> oh, angel wings on? Wait. Our heavenly, heavenly, heavenly. Walter, over us, Walter, Walter, I actually am here Thank with you, y'all today. He Walter is with us. In, in, my, in, in real person, in real life, I'm here. So, yes, no, I am not dead. I am still alive. I'm in disbelief. Great. You should be. You should be, G-Mark. <laughs> you, you may do your official in, introductory, introduction now. Oh, well, no, the official introduction, that's way over. We're, we're past that point now, so... We, we've, we've got to get to the business of the evening. So uh, first thing I think people may want to understand more about uh, the crowd here is what is this lens that we're, we're, we're titled after here, right? What is the lens that you're looking through, John C.? Oh, wow. Uh, so that's a that's a great question. I think the lens part of that came from when we started doing that officer program throughout the state. And as we started going through each county um, and looking at and folks from each agency that they were in, I know that Walter and Terry and I, we were talking about, man, how the similarities are throughout the state. And then it's like, you know, how they're approaching it now, generational Um, And sometimes it's from a male perspective or a female perspective. The lens really changes and the biggest efforts one makes coming through, at least looking at it from a managerial uh, perspective, is through the lens that you're looking at. And Terry actually pointed out to me one time, you sure do say lens a lot. It's like it's going to be a lens that you're looking through. It's this lens. It's that lens. And and it, it actually is true. I was saying it a lot, but that just giving it, you know, the credit to say, hey, we do have to make these efforts to view things. And that's that, this group, that's one of the positive things we've had is we all have a different lens and have these different experiences that's put us through that. So I think the purpose of this podcast is going to be bringing on those different perspectives here to say, hey, give us give us what this looks like from the lens of, and then that's going to be whoever our guest is or whatnot. But uh, that's that's where that idea of that lens comes from, and I, you know, I know that uh, Walter felt that same way when he looks at things. He's like, "Hey, you got to look at it this way," or other people don't look at it that way. But that's that's how I see it. We know. I I think that you know we don't always have the same perspective that we feel that we always do. Um, and when we come in and we look at different ways that people do different things, you know, one, one of the good things about, you know, EMS officer classes in person, you know, we did a bunch of them online at first is you get to see others, other people's lens when you get to sit down in the same room and talk to them and have some of that conversation to be able to do so, to be able to understand where different backgrounds are and where people come from. You know, I've always said everybody needs to work for more than one EMS system because they get stuck in the lens of the one EMS system and they don't realize that there's other things out there and the grass is not always greener on the other side. Sometimes it's brown 
and that's right. But they, they all need to look at different ways so that, you know, that's where I think that lens comes from as well as, you know, getting a, a different agency person perspective of what it is to, to be a, a leader, an officer, a, a EMS agency in general. And that, that lens is going to change like what Walters is, is hitting on. I'm going to look through my lens different today than I did yesterday. And, and even today, there could be some there could be some national event that occurs that makes me view something from a different uh, a different viewpoint. You know, through the lens, I think to take this to uh, a something that paramedics understand is is that lens is the different leads in the EKG. And that's one of the ways that I look at it is, is when I'm looking through the lens, I'm looking at different viewpoints of something from a from a different angle, just like in that 12 lead that we are different parts of the heart. That officer piece of it too, you know, it's not just who the person might be when they're going through, we've talked about this all the time in our officer class about the transition a person goes through from being you know, uh, just what they were before and not realizing they have transitioned into this paramedic or EMS mindset that sometimes is negatively influenced and they've changed their entire life. And now they step into this management role where they're having to do these same things, but they haven't realized they haven't either realized they need to change their lens or that they should even consider changing that lens when they do that and say, hey, don't forget where you came from. Watch out, you know, be cognizant of, of how negative that you can be influenced by negativity so easily because of how you come up as a paramedic. And I mean, that's that's what that stuff means to me. Uh, you know, Mark, what's your two cents on that? Yeah, so I think it's it's really it really has a lot to do with perspective. And in order for us to kind of respect and effectively lead people, we have to respect these other lenses that other people are going to have to look through. Uh, like I'm not going to, you know, like John, you talk about a lot, you know, I'm not gonna be able to look through the lens of a female. I'm not gonna be able to think and look in, in, through things and understand and comprehend things through that lens. I'm not gonna be able to do it. I can appreciate it and I can respect it. I can acknowledge that it exists and that there's a difference. Right. Uh, but you know, much beyond that, I just need to respect and acknowledge the fact that it's there. Um, but, you know, I, I think all four of us kind of has our own lens and, and the things that we kind of look through and, and, and a lot in our background and, you know, kind of, you know, why we do what we do and where we are, where we are now. Right. So, Terry, you know, tell me more about, you know, why you are doing what it is that you're doing uh, with, you know, this podcast and with the wizard. For sure. For me, this is this is where I would say this is a calling. This is not just, hey, let me let me get out there and and let me do this. And and I remember first meeting John six and a half years ago, uh, the the first time that we sat down at lunch having a conversation uh, about about agency needs, and come to find out that that was something that that other agencies had that same need. And it was like, hey, you mean we're not the only ones that that need some of these things? Um, and for me, this is about. What are the things that I wish that I knew before I got in, in into my position? What are all of these pieces of the puzzle that all of a sudden, you know, I, I'm finding that that I need to do? And for me, it's it's about let's let's raise up that future generation. Let's give them the tools that maybe we we didn't get 
or let's let's show them some of the different things that we didn't realize or that we didn't know. And for me, that mentoring, that development piece, and, and it's about let me leave the industry in a better place. Let me leave an agency in a better place than when I started 26 years ago. John, what, what, how about you? I remember that day uh, we were out. Um, what was the name of that restaurant we were at? Was it the, the Jolly Roger? Roger. The Jolly Roger. Remember. The Jolly Roger. Roger. Uh-huh. I take him someplace classy. I'm glad he remembers <laughs> our first lunch together. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's ingrained in my in my memory forever. So is Friday the 13th and Freddy Krueger. But um, I, <laughs> when we did come across that, it actually, um, what you're talking about was something that was spawned from other meetings from when I was up, when I had first come up to Northeastern North Carolina and I sort of made my tour around to introduce mm-hmm. myself to the agencies up in there. Um, I was expecting to hear commonalities of like, hey, uh, I'd just taken on the program director of the College of the Albemarle up there. And it was like, hey, what do you guys want out of your community college looking to make partnerships? And I expected to hear things like, hey, we want some online training. We want, you know, some more paramedics. But I didn't get that. I got we'd really like to have some sort of leadership and management stuff. And I'm like, I'm not, I'm not that guy. And that's when Walter stepped in the picture and I'm like, we need to put something together that looks like management. And let's use this network that we got and look at what exists and our network in North Carolina. And I know Walter's got two cents to throw in on this, but just to wrap up my thought on this is, when I looked at sort of the national model that existed, I was like, there's pieces of this that is very North Carolina-like. But then I got to thinking, 20-some-odd years in the business, why not use the network of the people that do the job? So we reached out across North Carolina to say, hey, how do you guys do it in these other places so we can build a very North Carolina-specific thing that just so happened to start hitting on leadership points and principles as they were intended? How do you remember it, Walter? Yeah, you know, I, I'm right there with you. You know, so I was first the, the, the assistant director for the MSHC. We had those, um, you know, new supervisors coming in and, you know, we were educating them for what we thought that we were educating them to what they needed for our agency again through that one little lens, but not really helping them out. And um, yeah, I guess we were helping them out per se, but probably not to the scheme that we are now. And then looking at those, you know, and just providing a little bit, I'll say two cents worth of information that we were getting out. And man, those classes that were online filled up with people who wanted some information that we had not been able to get out before. Um, and then, you know, I think we just grew from there and actually took that first little bit to be able to tailor to where we are today and still tailoring to where we are with leadership and education because it is constantly changing. And, you know, you you guys that are listening, we want your feedback so we can constantly change that and and update that because as John always says, and Terry always says, and Mark always says, and I always say at the end of of every session we teach, this is your class. Tell us what we got to do. And I think that's what makes it uh, Without that, we're just teaching a class. We're just and, giving and, you some basic information that. And people are hungry for that knowledge. And 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 when I was doing just like you were doing in, in your agency, when we were doing internal stuff in our agency, it was, hey, maybe there are other ways to, to do this. And the way that North Carolina approaches this might be different than it is in some, some other states. And while there are some elements of the pillars or, or some of the other national things, 
hey, what is this network? Who else in North Carolina has been through this issue similar to us? Well, and that's why I say when we did the online thing, the very when we first did officer programming, it was online. We looked and said, we're missing a component. And it was the live part of it. It needed to be in a classroom. It was so important for us to make that change based on, yeah, online made it convenient, but it it really didn't give time for that that full interaction, the network that is so important to do, you know, the officer things that you're going to do. And I mean, making that move to go to a classroom base. And even though we get some feedback sometimes that says, hey, if you could offer this online, it's like I take a minute with them and say, listen, it ain't the same when it's online. You have to have that that network face-to-face interaction piece. That is what makes every class so different. Uh, that's what makes them successful. And, um, and, and not only that, but I, I remember Walter and I coming out to, um, out to uh, Dare County to do, what was it? An operations class or a supervisor class supervisor, or something. Like that. Supervisor operations yeah. class. And, and, and that's what, you know, that was a little, that was a deeper dive into things than we'd ever done. And it was agency specific. Cause I remember you saying, Hey, we have these specific things we need to be, you know, covered and addressed, but we also want you to add these other universal things that happen with the principles and stuff with that. And we were able to come in there and that really launched us at least as far as attacking it from a look at each agency is different because there's a, what a hundred counties, 102 EMS systems. And there's a lot of similarities, but when you break them down and there's those differences, then, you know, that's that, that, that's the in-person piece. When you've got six agencies, seven agencies represented inside of the a class, you start saying, Oh, wow, that's we're alike, or, Hey, we're, we're different. And, you well, because in that QRV class, I remember you guys bringing down the medical ambulance bus from the neighboring jurisdiction. Right. And I was like, what? I would have never in a million years thought to do this and having their person and discussing what that map could be used for and stuff. And that's where you get some of that challenging precepts thinking outside of your box. Well, I'll use the John silo effect. We're all in our own little silos and we Mm -hmm. don't come out of our little silos. And, you know, this is where the people get the opportunity to talk to each other, to, the old saying is don't reinvent the wheel because it's out there somewhere so they can uh, look to see, you know, what each person has and what each agency has to be able to take something positive or negative back to their agency about way that they can fix something. Um, Mark, what, what's your thoughts on, you know, what, why are you, what, why, why are you doing this? What's your, what's your thought behind this? Well, my, my motivation kind of actually started, uh, many years ago, actually on the fire side of things before I even got into EMS, whenever I was the like training captain or whatever, then at the fire department at the time, that's because you we fire were, guys, we you training had all these years. <laughs> yeah. Don't be, don't be jealous. Don't be jealous. <laughs> Green like, is us, not a good us, color on you, buddy. Us baby EMS people over here. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I, I can remember, you know, we were training a group one night and, you know, just watching that one individual, get it like that light bulb just turn on you just saw activate like they turn around and look at you like man look what i just done you know that that was kind of the start like you know this is there, there's something to this you know this is more of the satisfaction than putting out a fire or getting a pulse back on a cardiac arrest or whatever right uh so as you know i come up through my ems career and you know started teaching classes you know just started uh, started teaching uh emt initial credentialing classes 
I saw that same light bulb come on. I was like, man, this is this is an opportunity. This is really hitting a spot I've 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 not seen before, right? And so, you know, whenever I, I become a training officer, that was just, you know, my biggest goal was to try to do that. And when it, you get to a certain point, you start to feel like, you know, well, what's the next big thing? What's the next step? And you want to challenge yourself. That was one thing I want to do was challenge myself, take myself outside of my comfort zone. Right. So, hey, here I am outside of my comfort zone. You know, we're, we're teaching these classes and we're, we're I see these light bulbs going off all across the state now. And just that opportunity just so fulfilling to me. So I, I guess, you know, really uh, overall, I'm. I do it kind of, you know, I'm, I'm selfish about it, I guess. That's a selfish motivation thing. I just, I just enjoy it. Right. But, but you know, this is the question that I'm going to pose back to, to the three of you guys, because I still learn things every time we go to a, an officer class, whether it doesn't matter which one it is, I still pick up knowledge, pick up something to be able to portray in the next class that I heard this class that I hadn't heard before in another class. So, you know, again, that light bulb coming off does that. Uh, how about you other guys with that? I would say on the comfort zone thing, I just wanted to mention that it's interesting that you say that Mark, because that's exactly how I feel. Most of our audience that comes to these classes feel. Yeah. They're thirsty. Like Terry says here, they're thirsty. They want to drink the Kool-Aid because there's nothing else out there to drink. So come out here and learn something. But at the same time, they are they're stepping out of their comfort zone. How could it not be right? If you're if you are, let's take the person that's already been promoted and they've already got some experience and they and they're coming out to these management training classes that we do and they've never had it. And then they're sitting there thinking to themselves, man, I've been either doing it really right or really wrong. And that's a comfort zone issue. And then someone that hasn't yet been promoted it's already out of their comfort zone because they don't know what they don't know to quote Billy Langston. They don't know what they don't know. <laughs> and, you know, and so it's like, Hey, uh, you know, everybody's out of their comfort zone with that. So, and I know Terry, I know you've, you've mean, you've talked about this a lot on the sidebar, just to, you know, how these audiences are in our classes and where they're coming from and stuff. Yeah. And that, and that lens is always shifting because of those different perspectives and those statements. And for me, I, I think that that statement of, it's, it's a selfish motivation. It is. It is a selfish motivation because it's that Maslow self-accusation of, of so bringing somebody up to the greatness that they have inside of them. And and that's one of the things that I think we don't realize in our in our profession is there are so many great people that are in our agencies that are in our profession and being able to help them see how great they are. So, hey, look through my lens and, and these things, the skills that you have. Let's work on this to make this better. I think Terry read a book. And that right there should be front page news that he read a book. It was a, it was a book on tape. <laughs> he had a two hour drive today, I think, and, and or maybe longer and. Audio. <laughs> hey, I'm not going to hey, hey, I'm three hours. That. That's. Hey. Three hours and 36 minutes, but nobody's counting. Poor thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, you know, one thing I was, I was thinking about a while ago, whenever you were talking about, you know, kind of the 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 origins of the officer program, you know, just the the need was identified. And, you know, we were starting, you starting the online deal and then found out, yeah, we, we this is something we probably need to do in person. And at what point did you guys get to where you realized like, this is about 
to catch on fire and this is about to spread. This is about to become a, a bigger thing where we're going to have to do a lot more than what we might've anticipated to start with. Well, but was there like a defining moment, a defining point with that? So I, I'll, I'll start with, with that. And then John can add to it as well. So, you know, I, so I think when we started the online portion, we started with a small number and that number grew to large numbers. Um, and then we had this and geography as well. Because I remember and, and geography, didn't you guys say that there was yes. cause, multiple cause states? I thought that was just going to be us in the Northeast, and then it was across the state. And then in a conversation, there's people from the Northeast, there's people from not just a neighboring state, there are people from hours away, correct? Except multiple states away, correct? Um, you know, so I, I think it started small, got big. And then we started working on Officer 2 to keep requesting Officer 1. And then there was this thing called COVID that came in place. And when COVID came into place, it kind of shut all of that out because we were having to rethink everything that we did. Then we came back online. And when we came back online, we didn't go online per se. We came back online and started doing live classes and not online classes. And I think, John, you could pick it up from here, but I think that's where we started blossoming, if that's what you want to talk about with that. Now you're getting request, request, request. Well, and I, you're right. I, I think what happened was, we we had something um it, you know it had a it had a nice title to it then this is the thing i'll always say is the word of mouth which is always you know i always say in the officer classes is that guns and roses you, you never know that guns and roses is in town but they never have a problem selling tickets they're always sold out and the reason being they don't spend any money on advertising or marketing because they don't have to and what we had done is we relied on two things First is word of mouth, but that's only going to be as good as the area or region that they're doing it. And then number two, Terry actually came up and said, hey, man, why don't we uh, why don't we say that again? Just say that. Say that one more time, a little louder, please. (laughs) Not you. So my Terry, Terry, what I was talking to my friend, Keith, he's my real best friend. And he was telling Uh me that. But you're not this. So keep going, please. I got the photographic evidence. Thank you. Thank you for your service. It's record. It's recorded just for you. It's recorded. Mm-hmm. There is evidence. Um, Might be Ter- two recordings, actually. <laughs> Terry said, have you thought about doing a Facebook page? And I said, no, I ain't doing Facebook, man. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't interested in doing Facebook. And uh, he said, I think if you just let me just put something out there on Facebook, this might work. And I was kind of like, I don't want to be shut out to nothing because we're we're kind of growing or whatnot. Mark's question was, do I remember the moment when we put that stuff on Facebook had to come back to Terry in like a couple of months and say, Oh man, I think that Facebook stuff is what lit the match. That was, that was pretty good idea. Um, You, you probably suck at everything in life, but you was pretty good with that idea. So I appreciate that Terry. So go back to that first officer two class operations that we did on the beach. Yep. Yep. Look how it filled up Mm -hmm. that classroom. That classroom was full. You're talking about the EOC, right? EOC. It was full. It was full to the brim. And um and that was really the first face-to-face offering that we had. And people again came from multiple places to be able to come to that class so not that, just not just not just the northeast throughout the state and so at that point i said you know what 
let's be careful because we want to make sure that we keep our message straight. And that's why when Walter mentioned a minute ago about the silo thing is that's that's from a, from a community college standpoint, which is what I have half my career in is in the community college setting. And from the community college standpoint, we had built so many things out of silos and that for the last several years, we had been trying to break them down and get out of those silos. Well, from that lens, agencies have also built their silos. So it was like this was our first opportunity to where we had people coming out of the silos into the same room to do things. And now you've seen agencies grow to where they recommend the program or they require it for promotion. And and that's what's made it grow. Plus, being relevant. Uh, We've been very clear from the get-go on this that we want to make sure that we are you know, we're doing the things, we're providing the service, we're doing the stuff and things more than we are. That and It's not a, an initiative other than to grow good managers. It's to stay relevant with that and let the people tell us what they need. And that's why our project continue to grow. Uh, the announcements of the new projects that are coming out in the next uh, few weeks, um, you know, are a result of that as well. So was that a cliffhanger? Yeah, maybe it's a next week thing. Oh, oh yeah. next week thing. Hey man, next when are we week. starting this? When are we starting this project thing? Mm. Chill, chill, chill. Soon. chill soon. <laughs> Give me some ice. It's been a little hot outside. Give me some ice.